welcome to Big Booth Bets. It is the Get That Money Podcast. I am Nate Stevenson, and as always, I am joined by Mr. Big Boofy Skirman and our wonderful producer, Mr. Tony T-Bone Guarino. Gentlemen, it is um, my least favorite podcast of the year. The, the last one. Like Now we have six months of like not football. This sucks. Yeah, well said, man. I, I thought your uh, your post on social media the other day on Sunday summed it up. You said, <laughs> laugh, you know, I'm watching ball every week on Sunday for 17 weeks or whatever. Now I'm watching Desperate Housewives with my wife. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, and for those uh, for those who didn't see it, yes, I I said um, that I'm used to drinking beer and watching football every Sunday. And now this Sunday I'm drinking wine and watching dance moms with my wife. I miss football. <laughs> yep. Yeah. That, that sums it up, man. I, I can't, I, I don't even, I can't even say it better than. Yeah. I mean, it's definitely the, you know, tale of two seasons um, in a nutshell right there. How about, the, how about you Tony, the birthday boy? How you doing, buddy? Uh, well, I'm uh, feeling old and tired. I had two beers last night, so obviously my body <laughs> feels like it's had 30, and I've been run over by a truck. But besides that, I'm uh, trying to find the brighter side of my advanced age here, although it's a bit difficult. Like you said, Nate, worst time of the year. Time to officially wrap up the NFL season and hibernate until we have any football again. Yep. <laughs> but... On that note, it's been a pretty wild year. I mean, Nate, I I even heard that you think Tomlin's a good coach now. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, you heard it first, folks. Well, on that note, Nate, why don't you just take us out one more time with a good old recap. So we had three, uh, well, two money picks, which went one and one. Uh, We didn't have anything on the game because we didn't agree on anything because it was, I mean, honestly, whoop, phone's ringing. Not that important of a person here. Um, where was I? Where was I? Oh, yes. Uh, we didn't have anything uh, on, on the game per se because it was just, honestly, as advertised. It was a great game, close game, two great teams. And uh, for once, the game lived up to expectations. So we didn't have any money picks on the game, but we did have two money picks with, for the National Anthem. We relied on... Tony's tried and true um, national anthem breakdown, and uh, he did not disappoint, nailing it again. Uh, he picked over, and it did run over, so that was a win. And then, uh, unfortunately, got a little greedy. He uh, also said bonus bets, and I, I, honestly, I we both loved it as well, that the first person pan to would be Patrick Mahomes during the national anthem that the camera would pan to. Unfortunately, that was a loss. It went to Jalen Hurts instead. So one and one on the money picks. And then the thing that everybody cares about, pizza box. You know, it was a, it was a rough end of the season for me, but at least, uh, at least I can go into the offseason on a winning note. I did take the Chiefs, and uh, the Chiefs did win. Unfortunately, my pizza box record this year was 11 wins for me, 14 for Boof. I lost by three, literally because of Mike Tomlin going 0-3 the last three Steeler games that I thought I was just going to bury Boof, and it buried me. So 
I'm I'm sure you love that movie. Yeah, I mean, I've already touched on that in a in a couple separate podcasts, so I won't I won't beat a dead horse on that one. I just uh, you know I was already sipping my beer in the clubhouse by the time we got to the big game with your last pizza box, so I figured we we toss you a bone there, just you know, try not to completely break your spirits until until the beginning of next season. <laughs> Well, Boof, you know me, I will beat a dead horse. And uh, Andy Reid has as many playoff wins this year as Mike Tomlin does in his past uh, 13 seasons now. Fire Tomlin. But with yet another winning season from Coach Tomlin, he solidified my season-long Pizza Bots victory over you, which <laughs> that's what everybody actually cares about here. That's, that's right. No one cares about winning money. And speaking of winning money, our final record for the year, uh, 118 wins, 97 losses, 11 pushes, 215 bets in total uh, for a success rate of 54.88%. That is above the Vegas standard for profitability of 54%. And it's actually like something like 53 and a half, but normally people just say 54. So if you really want to make it sound even better, we are a full percentage point over the uh, Vegas standard for profitability. So, I know we like to be at least on the on the uh, in the high 50s. Um, if not on a really really good season, we, we've come really close to 60. So I know that's kind of our our goal is to to hit 60. So a little bit of a tough year this year with honestly uh, a crazy NFL season. But all in all, still a winning winning year. And uh, I know I'll take it, Boo. No doubt. And if you don't mind, um, I kind of want to elaborate on, on some of our stats for the year here. Absolutely. And, you know, use it as an opportunity to reflect and kind of think about maybe our strategy going forward and stuff like that. Absolutely. All right. So I have this broken down into teaser slash parlay, uh, overs, unders, favorites, uh, and underdogs, and how we did in each one with each of, the, each of those picks. And, you know, conveniently, I, I also have it broken down between pre-my return and post-my return in each I, category. I was going to ask you about that. I was going to ask <laughs> you about that. Because, I, I, hey, man, like I said before, I mean, we make a good team for a reason. So I'm definitely looking forward to these stats. So uh, so overall, Nate, Nate just touched on, uh, you know, 197, 96, and 11. Uh, before I came back in week seven, Nate was 27, 36, and 3. With a 42.86% success rate. And after that, we went 91, 61, and 8. And it's funny, we always talk about uh, the 60% mark kind of being like our goal. So before the game, we were actually 90, 60, and 8, which is spot on a 60% uh, hit rate. So from week seven on, we were, we were right where, you know, we've always wanted to be. That's, I like that. Now, our breakdowns for the different types of bets I found very interesting just when you look at the numbers. So teaser and parlays, obviously, everybody remembers at the start of the year we were not very hot. Uh, by we, I, of course, mean Nate. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Nate went 2-9-1 on teasers for an 18.18% success rate. Now, we went 44-15-6 after that. And if you remember, we had two mega teaser weeks, and we only lost on one leg out of the two of them. And it ended up being a total of 42 bets. We had one leg push. We had another leg uh, as a loser. The rest of them we won. 
so obviously that really helps us out there. But we went 74.58% uh, success rate on teasers afterwards. And for the year, that's a total of 46, 24, and 7 with a 57.5% success rate. Uh, overs. Overs on the year. I, I, before you continue, Booth, I know I, I was, I said before, right, when you re- rejoined the podcast there, I was horrible. I was doing horribly on teasers to start the year. Yeah, I remember that. <laughs> I was just like, I remember we didn't even, I don't think we even did one in the first week back because you were like, bro, I just need, I need a week off from teasers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and then I think we actually had a losing week after that. We didn't get hot until after that. Yep. But yeah, man, you had a lot of awesome ideas with the mega teaser weeks and that uh, really worked out very well. Okay, moving on. Uh, overs. We had, we were eight, nine, and one on the year with picking overs as far as totals, whether it was a first half or a game total or whatever. Uh, 47.01% success rate, obviously not very good. Uh, Nate was one and four, which is a 20%. And after that, we were seven, five, and one with a 58% uh, success rate. So that was something we got better at as the year went on. Early in the year, I remember dogs and unders were just dominating. So obviously our numbers reflect that as well. Um, unders, which I'm actually in general just proud of that we did more of these this year. Um, still got to get better at them, but I, I was happy that we placed more of those bets. We went 14 and 15 for a 48.28% success rate. Uh, this was actually Nate's best category to start the year. He was 5 and 4 with a 55% success rate, and we were 9 and 11 after that um, with a 45% success rate. Um, picking favorites uh, to me was our worst. Uh, category of picks. Uh, Nate was 13 and 16 for a 44% success rate. And we were even worse when I came back. We were 15, 20, and 1 for a 42% success rate, which uh, made us 28, 36, and 1. And just around, just above 42%. So that, that to me is something that, like, I know we've talked about in previous off seasons off air, but. It's still something that we, we I think we need to be more sure of ourselves when picking favorites. You know what I mean? Because that seems to consistently show up as a weakness in our in our betting. Oh, I agree. I mean, it's I, I would add two things to that. One, I definitely think we need to be more cognizant when we're laying double digits. I mean, anything anything over nine and a half, we definitely have to be cognizant of that. And then also just be more proactive, not only for – for the show, but also just for the people, um, is getting ahead, getting ahead of these lines more, which, which we do sometimes, like we try to let everybody know, but lots of times, you know, we're just kind of, uh, doing it at showtime just because lots of times people are listening to the show then. So we're trying to give them more realistic line for them and, and our, our opinion on it. But I definitely think we should be more proactive at times. If we think we have a line that's just going to continue to move against us and just tweet it out early in the week. Yeah, completely agree, man. And, and I, I do think we, we took some steps in the right direction with that this year. And uh, that's something we're going to continue to get better at moving forward. Uh, moving on. Underdogs. Uh, Nate was 6-3-2 and two to start off the year for a 66% success rate. And we were 14-9-1 and one after that. So still above 60% with there. And we finished the year 20-12-3. and 12, 20, 12-3. With a 62.5% success rate, uh, picking underdogs this year. So you're saying taking the points. Taking the points, yep. Okay. Yes, sir. 
And that's just something that to me, like, again, like, really, if we make a pick, we always love it. But it's just, um, if you find yourself debating between, uh, I don't know, you know what I mean? If, if it's not one of those you really feel super strong about, it's probably better to have the, the side with the points. And I think you see more in the NFL as, the, you know, the season's longer. And just in general, guys kind of slack a little bit sometimes. It's just human nature. You know, you see it in like hockey and baseball in the NBA where, you know, teams just have an off day. Uh, I think you see it happen more more and more uh, in the NFL. And it's easy for a team to not come out and cover, you know, eight points. You know what I mean? Like if the Chiefs show up and they're playing Houston, like they might slack until the fourth quarter before they're like, all right, we're going to try and win. And they might even not even be able to pull off the win. And if they do, it's going to be less by seven. And it just happens more often than you think. So just something to keep an eye out for and just kind of, you know, see what our own stats about ourselves say about, you know, maybe, uh, you know, adjustments we want to make moving forward. Yeah, I agree. That's uh, some good stuff. Yeah, that's the breakdown of, of how we did this year. Obviously, the biggest takeaway is we were significantly better when I came back. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we were. As a, I will reiterate, that is yeah, it's one of the reasons we uh, make a great team, man. You know, we uh, bounce a lot of stuff off of each other and normally talk each other out of some bad bets. Sometimes some good ones, but hey, you're going to have that. The more, yeah. <laughs> most important thing is avoiding the, avoiding the bad. Right, well, anyway, so, uh, so what did you think of the game? I loved it. I thought it was... It was a, one of the rare times where the game actually lived up to expectations. Um, I was, I was, I was very surprised that the Eagles did not get more pressure on Patrick Mahomes. That was that was a big that was a, something that really surprised me. But at the same time, I mean, one of the things that Casey definitely made a priority after the showing in their last Super Bowl was improving their offensive line, and. That no, there was never uh, more of a time that it came through for them and showed through than in the most important game of the year. Um, they fixed the issues that they had, which that was the biggest one, their offensive line depth and the quality of it. And in reality, like that was beyond Patrick Mahomes, just like gutting, gutting it out on that ankle, which was incredibly impressive. Um, that was the, uh, that was the other big factor in the game for me of why they were able to get it done. Yeah, no doubt, and I think you really have to give give props to Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs as an organization, man. You know me, I've been pointing this out for years. When, when teams sign these quarterbacks to these big deals, they never return to the same success. I mean, like literally ever. And, you know, I, I said when Mahomes signed his deal, I said, wait for it to kick in. Let's see what they do. And they did lose Tyreek Hill this offseason, and they end up with the number one offense in football, and they go on to win the game. So props to him, man. Uh, just phenomenal performance. And uh, they're really hooked up. I mean, if you think about moving forward, they, in theory, should be better next year. I mean, they're not going to have a ton of huge losses. And I think they had like eight guys play in this the game that were rookies. So, I mean, you, you would, you'd expect them to get better. I know they, they have a couple guys in the secondary who had a lot of significant minutes. And like you said, they, they fixed up that offensive line. And those are young guys, too, you know, outside of Orlando Brown. I mean, the other guys, they drafted them, and they, they hit. So props to them, man. Just just an amazing amazing season, and they are poised to be able to sustain it. I agree. I agree. And, um, I mean, the Eagles, too, man. I mean, the like you said, the just like with the Chiefs, I mean, 
when you sign a big deal like that, you know, you need to be the reason that um, you win as far as, you know, you touching on Patrick Mahomes. But they also have a lot of young talent. I mean, they I believe they had six rookies playing major snaps on their defense. So that's that's huge. And the crazy part is they're only going to get better. I mean, being that you actually have Mahomes locked up and you have a lot of those young guys, you can just continue to add and improve on that team. So, I mean, if, you know, the Chiefs have the luxury of trying to, you know, replace a Tyreek Hill even more so this year in the draft or, you know, if they're trying to catch a, a, a veteran who's just trying to, you know, still got some left in the tank. And he's just trying to. Well, yeah. Well, perfect example is like uh, the Rams just cut Bobby Wagner today, so he might be like, "Oh, I'll come play for you know a couple million for you guys." You know what I mean? You, bang! You just added a, a great middle linebacker for cheap. Exactly. Exactly. And then, like, like I said, if they if they can get, I don't think their receiving core is bad. I mean, it's but if they can supplement, that, they could use a game breaker though. I mean, that, their offense is not at max capacity right now. No. Well, and they were still number one in the league, <laughs> which is crazy. Which is insane. Yeah, just goes to show you, Pat Mahomes earned the money. But it, oh, for sure, it, for sure. But yeah, they they had they, they had some speed. They had a, a you know a big time wide receiver either in the draft or or upgrade a little bit in free agency. They're just going to be even better, which is crazy. And then something to get way too ahead of ourselves here. If I'm the Chiefs, and I know I was, I started the segment wanting to talk about the Eagles, which I will get to in a second, but. If I'm the Chiefs, I am sell. I am trying very, very hard, not this draft, but next draft, to draft Brock Bowers out of Georgia, who's like Travis Kelsey 2.0. You see, you you see what you have right now with Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey. I would want to continue to sustain that that you know framework, that that offensive plan, how they can kind of work inside out. I think that. Like I guess I know I'm getting really ahead of myself, but if I'm the Chiefs, he is someone I am very much gunning for in the 2024 draft. Well, I don't, I don't know uh, if he'll, if he'll be available that late, but <laughs> he, probably, he probably will. I mean, that's one of those things that you know you might have to trade assets to do it, but that's something that would that would be interesting. You know, you definitely see more trades nowadays too, so I, I certainly don't rule it out, and I totally hear you. You know. Even with Tyreek Hill, uh, Travis Kelsey was always leading the team in receptions. And so, obviously, you're going to want to replace that talent at that position and potentially even get better, like athletically speaking, at least. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, absolutely. Absolutely. As far as the Eagles go, I think they're going to be a very formidable team for the next how many years. Uh, Just, you know, they have a lot of youth. They have a good young quarterback who's still on a cheap deal. And if they can continue to build around – what they've been doing um, offensively and defensively. I, you know, they have a lot of draft picks. They have a lot of young players. The biggest question mark for them is if they're going to be able to appropriately replace uh, the coordinator losses because they lost both coordinators. So uh, if they can, if they can get over that and continue to supplement that young talent they have, I mean, I I think, uh, I think they're going to be a team to be reckoned with for, years to come it's the big thing is just going to be how they have to adapt and how they do adapt as we were just talking about with kc once they have to pay jalen hurts okay then now now how do you want to pivot with your roster but right now they still have a, a nice window for a couple more years with that young roster and being able to supplement it 
Yeah, they do, but it's not. I don't think it's as golden of a situation as you you think. Um, they're talking about signing Hurts this year. Now, the, the money of it wouldn't kick in quite yet. Um, so you do have a couple years in that sense. So I hear you there. Um, but it's my understanding they have like 18 or 19 free agents this year. So they do have a good young core. Um, but they also have a lot of veteran guys that are going to be – they're going to have to figure out something, uh, contractually speaking, if, you know, if you don't have guys that are willing to stick around for less money because they want to win, you know, which normally ends up not being the case. Uh, they will still have to come up with some answers moving forward. Uh, one of the things that really helps them to me is just being in the NFC and Jalen Hurts is probably the best quarterback out there. So that always helps. You know, they should still be pretty good defensively. Um, so they're good where you want to be. It's just um, I don't know if they'll necessarily be as good as they were this year. But, yes, we're going to have to see. They're going to lose a few free agents. Um, it just um, – matters how they replace them so uh, they they can do that you know with all the plethora of draft picks they have and uh, some good some shrewd free agent signings which the way their gm has run, run things you have no reason to doubt that at the moment i uh i definitely think that they can be you know a, a very formidable team for the next few years at the very least all right so yeah nate uh i think it's a good wrap up to this year good year already looking forward to next year and on that note uh, would you care to share anything that you think you already like for next year? Something I do like, a couple things I like going into next year. I think this we are in that point in his career um, that he is very much in his prime. So I don't think you can go wrong at all by jumping on Mahomes MVP and Chiefs Big game. right now. Um, if you're going to bet it, it's probably not going to get any the odds probably aren't going to get any better. And normally you're going to improve your team through free agency and the draft. Um, if you're a contender, which they are, and those are the types of things that can also decrease odds. So I think those are two things I'm definitely looking forward to. I know it's, it's a chalky, they're both two chalky picks, but I mean, if you're trying to get the best, if you're trying to make smart picks and you're trying to get the most value, Pat Mahomes at plus 700 for MVP is probably is the best odds you're going to get. And the Chiefs at plus 700 to win the Big game. Probably the best odds you're going to get. Now, if you want to do, if you want to pick something else, that's uh, a little higher odds. I don't think you can go wrong with jumping on Jalen Hurts for MVP. I mean, he was on an MVP pace before he got hurt at the end of the year. He's currently going off uh, plus 1,200, plus 1,300, I believe. So um, I don't hate that. And, and if you want to go a step further, I don't hate uh, picking exact exact matchup, Chiefs versus um, Eagles for the Big game. That's uh, the, you can get some really high odds on that. And there's, I mean, there's guys. It's a it's a great thing, man. You can just you just kind of set it and forget it, and and lo and behold, you never know. You you start to look at your your uh, your futures during the playoffs, and it's like, oh boy, it's alive. <laughs> so. Yeah, and the nice thing about that, when it's alive, you can start thinking about hedge options, too. Absolutely. What about you, man? That's interesting. So Nate's, Nate's got him running it back here. <laughs> I like it. Um, I guess one of the things, I don't really know if I have any picks yet, but one of the things I'm going to be paying attention to is what the Chiefs' tax is going to be. So, like, how many points are they going to be laying every week? You know, will they even have one week where they are not the favorite? Uh, things like that. 
So, as always, you know, definitely going to be paying attention to what the numbers are going to come out at and how it's going to move and stuff like that. Uh, but yeah, good stuff. I, I don't have anything else. Yeah, I think I'm I'm good for now. Um, you want to maybe try to do something a little later on, maybe before the draft, to, if we see something, maybe do a little a little draft betting preview or something like that. Have some fun. Oh yeah, that sounds good. All right, sweet. Yeah, let's uh, we'll try to aim for that. Give some more picks for the people. No doubt. All right, man. Well, enjoy uh, enjoy that sunshine up in Pittsburgh. I know it doesn't stick around forever. Absolutely. This is like the warmest day in like a hundred years. Uh, so I I will take it. But all, all right, right, man. Good stuff. Yep. Good season. And uh, as always, everybody, get that money. Get that money. <laughs>